0: Things to say. Alright. Ayan na. Okay, okay. Ito, ito, ito. So mukhang baka may problema talaga tayo sa connection. Talagang. Ayan tayo. Globe. Yun. Ano naman mga globe friends natin dyan? Bakit ganun ang internet natin? Mga mahal, mahal bayad natin dito? Alright. Ulitin natin guys ha. So... As I said, ang gusto kong pag-usapan today is this very interesting debate between J.C. Punongbayan and Leloy Claudio on the issue of inflation. How bad is the inflation situation in the Philippines? What should the government do? How much can the government be held accountable dito sa inflation issue? At uh, anong dapat gagawin natin? Anong mga indicators na dapat natin? And what does the empirical evidence say? And kudos to both gentlemen, uh, I think they have done a good job of bringing very important issue to the fore. Dahil nga, dahil nga guys, makameta pagdating sa issue na ekonomiya, we should not leave it just to experts. The same way na pagdating sa issue ng foreign policy or issue ng politika, dapat natin hindi iiwan lang sa mga historians or political scientists uh, like myself, right? Dapat meron tayong matinong discussion to make sure everyone can contribute to this issue because these are not rocket science, guys, we're talking about. Neither economics nor foreign policy nor politics and society, they're not rocket science. Of course, people spend lots of years studying them, publishing on them, that's true. But that doesn't mean yung mga ordinaryong tao ay hindi dapat mag-contribute dito sa debate pagdating sa policy, economic policy. So when it comes to economic policy, political scientists, other social scientists, everyone who has a thing or two to say about public policy can make contribution in as much as ordinary citizens. But of course, we have to do it from an informed position. Now, going back dito sa debate uh, sa Bagitan ng Leloy and JC Punong Bayan, I wanted to reiterate that historically, actually, these kinds of debates have been happening among even the leading economists, right? So John Maynard Keynes and and Hayek in the early 20th century debated about the cause of the Great Depression. Argument Keynes was interest rates were too high, therefore it encouraged speculative investments in the U.S. stocks, and therefore, you yeah, had the crash and the Great Depression. Hayek would say, no, interest rates were too low. So, it encouraged non-productive investments and not saving, but instead reckless expenditures. Yes, including going to the stock markets, etc. So, that debate has been reverberated because yung debate na So, if you go to the debates today about neoliberalismo versus unorthodox economics, behavioral economics, etc. A lot of that has been influenced by the debate between these two gentlemen. But... Interestingly, we actually had a similar version of that dito sa Pilipinas. Also, we also had two very distinguished gentlemen. Of course, back in the day, gentlemen were in charge. Of course, now, thankfully, mas marawing babay na contribute sa politika and maybe the world will be a better place if it's run by women. But I don't want to be. I don't want to go down that road. No. But let me just bring this out because this is a very, very interesting discussion. So, this is an interesting book by a Japanese scholar. Of the Philippines and Southeast Asia, about so ito yung is I know like I mean like there are big books on that no Keynes versus Hayek etc. On the bardagulan, di ba? Pare intellectual bardagulan, all right. Uh let me get back to this one second. Okay, ilabas natin to. Mahameta, mah. Pusahan siya, naging ganon ba? Nagdisconnect, siguro internet ang issue, hindi naman ano controversial. Oh, so ah. So I'm going to this book, Central Banking, A State Building, by Yusuke Takagi. Yeah, sorry about Yeah, Yusuke. I know Yusuke's son, but uh, Yusuke Takagi. And in fact, there, he discusses, we kind of had a version of that in the Philippines, which by the way, Lelo will discuss even more Dun sa kanyang book, which I'll show later. So this was a debate between two very distinguished gentlemen in the philippines actually none of them were law uh, economists by training but both of them were lawyers no uh so eto, uh, i have to make sure we get everything uh, correctly so on one hand you had of course salvador araneta and other, on the other hand you had central bank governor miguel cuaderno cuaderno no so miguel cuaderno became the central bank governor i think usc graduate and uh, law siya ay naniwala dun sa depreciation pro uh, depreciation siya ay nasa depreciation side na no? na better yung value of uh pesos and then yung kabila ay ah, sir anti depreciation so he was yeah again that's why it didn't make sense he was in the anti depreciation so gusto niya mataas yung value ng pesos habang si Salvador Neto naman ay naniwala na dapat bumaba yung value ng pesos no because if bumaba yung value ng pesos Mas maging exports natin. It helps the manufacturing sector and overall making the Philippines much more export oriented industrialized country. On the other hand, of course, uh, well, for the other camp, mas maganda na mataas ang value ng peso dahil magiging mas murang imports and that helps the consumers and keep down the inflation and all. So we had a rudimentary version of the debate actually in the Philippines in the early 20th century. Now, Takagi, Yusuke Takagi actually discussed that very well in his book, Central Banking, a State Building in the Case of the Philippines. But Leloy Claudio actually also had a very interesting book on, uh, on key thinkers in the Philippines, where he, of course, also discussed Salvador Araneta. No? I encourage you guys to read it. So I think Liberalism and Post Colony thinking, thinking, thinking the State in 20th Century Philippines. No? So by Lisandro Claudio. No? Uh, so, this is published by the Na- National University of Singapore and Atenay de Manila University Press. You know, so, I suggest you guys check these books because it gives you an idea about where people like Lelo are coming from. You know, they're not coming from nowhere, you know, hindi lang ng tatrol, or they're not just trying to be iconoclastic. Although, I'll be honest with our good friend Lelo, he tends to overdo the iconoclastic thing sometimes, and like, I zin yan, um, so that's the context, no? Now in the Philippines, actually, we had our own version of Hayek versus Keynes debate, but that, but less on the bigger monetary, macroeconomic, microeconomic policy, but more on the issue of depreciation of peso, or appreciation of peso, which of course is very, very relevant today. Dahil kung titingnan niyo the bat ngayon, Ito rin yung mga kritisismo sa administration ngayon or yun yung mga sinasabi ng mga defenders of the administration na yun nga, it's not you, it's me, blah, 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 all of that. Now, so over the past, I don't know, week or so at least, nakita natin nag-release ng state of article. Uh, sila, sila, talagang konyo konyo. <laughs> sila parang ano. <laughs> no, so Lelo and JC Poonong Bayan, both of them published a series of articles back and forth, no interestingly, sa Rappler. So this is an interesting article by Leloy that really created a lot of steer, right? Why I'm not as afraid of inflation as my economist. And just before that, actually, Leloy was arguing that there's something potentially wrong with just leaving things to uh, traditionally minded economists when it comes to determining economic policies, including sa issue ng inflation. Now, I'll go into the nitty gritty of the debates but I'll try to be as, as fair to both sides because I think both sides make very, very good points. So earlier, at point ni Leloy Claudio, why why argue with your economists? Meaning wakalang, like don't treat economists like hundred percent experts. They're not is they're not rocket scientists, they're not physicists. You know, even in physics and rocket science, they're big debates. So don't treat economists as if what they're telling is exact science. You have to interrogate what they're saying because what they're saying is based on certain uh assumptions and, of course, biases, right? And therefore, you have to challenge them on those points and accordingly and accordingly, uh, debate the merits or demerits of whatever policy recommendations they they make. And in fairness to Lele Claudio, he cites a number of leading econom- economies around the world, from, from Schiller, one of the leading economists in behavioral uh, economics, a Nobel Prize winner, to Ha-Jung Chan, a, a very creative, unorthodox thinker in Cambridge University in economies also. You know, and, and, and he cites them and says that actually, if you look at it historically, right, uh, you know, the economies themselves do not agree on many points and that, and that the economies themselves have very contradictory policy recommendations, right, including on the issue of inflation. Like, how much inflation should we tolerate? How bad inflation is, etc. Uh, what are the other priorities aside from inflation? So, lahat yan hindi nidiscuss nila. Now, in fairness kay JC Punong Bayan, well, I mean, he's an economist so probably took issue with this. But of course, you know, he's he's, he's obviously trying to also make, well, corrections. So nag-sulat siya sa Tagalog, tugun sa ilang hot takes. Hinggil sa inflation, mahinang piso. So of course, may hot takes, medyo may patama dito kay ano naman, it's not you, it's me. Pero a bulk of actually the argument actually focused on what Leloy was was saying. And here, JC Punang Bayan of course raises a number of very interesting points showing how not only is the inflation a problem in the philippines but that actually in the philippines while inflation is high the real wages meaning wages take uh, wages that take into consideration also inflation rate actually they have not been increasing significantly so he brings out some imp- important data that i i think we have to be fair and bring it out here to to lay out the argument for each of the gentlemen on this side. as i said i'm doing this because i believe both sides have good points that are making good points and i think both sides their points should be heard beyond you know their circles and all no? so for instance i think graft na sinishow ni JC Punongbayan na pinapakita na actually yung growth natin dito sa pilipinas when, when you look at real gdp employment real wage so if you look at real wage means which means yung sahod natin with inclusion of inflation so sabihin natin inflation was 10% pero yung sahod mo nag-increase lang ng 4% annually so obviously, there's a negative, there's a 6% differential, no? Na kahit umakyat ng sahot mo, mas umakyat ang inflation mo. So hindi lang baliwala, lumala pa yung situation, diba? So actually, if you look at it, the real wages have, have barely moved. They have stagnated between 2000 and early 2000s and mid-2010s. So for almost 15 years, no, we had a stagnation in real wages. Of course, I would have loved to see more recent numbers. Uh, So JC is citing here the Philippine Statistics Authority. I would have loved to see the recent numbers. But clearly in the Philippines over the long run, we don't see a situation whereby inflation is high, but also real wages increase. Because going back to what I said a while ago, uh, what Lele was doing was that he was citing the cases of developmental states like South Korea, like Taiwan, like Japan, among others, who actually had very high inflation rates, but even higher productivity growths and economic growths. So cancel out din siya. So, in a way, Bumawi Narinsila So eto, this is the book by Hajong Chan that I really suggest you guys to read. It it it's it's a revolutionary approach to understanding economics. Again, it's not perfect. I have checked the critics of it, etc. But the basic argument of Hajong Chan is the problem with a lot of economics analysis is that they tell you to do things that the countries that are so rich today were not doing themselves 500 years ago. 500 years ago. Bardagula ng style. People were cheating, were, they were mercantilists in terms of their policies. By the way, China and Japan have been accused, especially China has been accused of doing that now, even Vietnam is being accused of artificially uh, deflating their currency to make their exports more competitive. So all sorts of bardagula na ginawa ng mga bansa, dati, yung mga bansa na yumaman ngayon, at ang problema ngayon is yung mga bansa na yumaman ngayon, biglang sinasabi nila doon sa mga bansa na mas mahirap, ay, huwag niyo gawin mga yan. Uh, do, gawin niyo yung mga ginagawa namin ngayon na mayaman na kami. no, So, of course, it's a long discussion, but essentially that explains why he said kicking away the ladder. So the ladder of mercantilist policies, aggressive trade industrial policies, that many countries that are rich today used 50, 100, 200 years ago, and in some cases like China and Vietnam using actually nowadays, right? Uh, you have economists that are saying, oh no, don't do these things, go with market reforms, liberalization, blah, blah, blah. But as ha Chan and a lot of you know, high-caliber economists, Stiglitz among others have shown you, is that you really need a strong state to regulate the oligarchs and make sure that the oligarchs move into high productivity sectors. We saw that in South Korea where Park Chung-hee essentially bullied uh, their oligarchs, the Samsungs and Hyundais and LGs of today, to become manufacturing oriented and get out of toothbrush and and you know hair products and agriculture and all of the oligarchic stuff that is very much the case in our country and in different and other non-manufacturing oriented countries. So a strong development state and a kind of an aggressive trade industrial policy and mercantilist policy. Babawain mo yung ng, uh, ng, ng halaga ng uh, currency mo Para maging mas mura exports mo Para sa abroad, mas mabenta yung mga produkto mo Para maggrow yung manufacturing sector mo right? now, So these are the things that Hajung Chan and a lot of economists have been arguing Very interestingly over the years uh, Actually my first book was on the economics of the Arab uprising So I did my own economic analysis on this So my first book was actually economics related So I had to do a lot of research on this in fact, there's another very interesting book I suggest by, uh, to you guys, also by a top economist uh, based in Harvard, and this is Danny Roderick. So what I like about this economists is that they, they're based in the first world, OECD, but they come actually from developing world. So Danny Roderick is Turkish, and Ha-Jung Chan, Hajung Chan is Korean, South Korean, right? So they look at the experiences of developing countries and how successful developing countries defied many of the conventional wisdom from today's economists, right? So this is a great book by Danny Roderick, one economics, but many recipes, meaning be unorthodox, make different ingredients, be the cook of your own policies. But obviously what Danny Roderick, ha Chan, many of other leading economists agree is that manufacturing sector development is very, very important. And this is where I have some disagreement with Leloy because Leloy makes very good points that are not relevant to the Philippines, right? Like um, like the Philippines never had a developmental state. We had an export-oriented industrialization strategy under Marcos that didn't work. We pushed for aggressive liberalization, trade liberalization, private sector uh, domination of key sectors of economy After Marcos, it didn't work really well That's why we have very weak manufacturing sector in the Philippines So my problem with Leloy's argument is that a lot of them don't apply to the Philippines Like, So that's why dapat feeling ko, ang advice ko kay Lelo was To couch his argument as Ito ang dapat mangyari And accordingly, ganyan-ganyan ang issue natin sa inflation, etc. But where I completely agree with Leloy eh? And I think this is where I think JC was a little bit unfair to me, is because Lele was absolutely clear. He's not saying that inflation is okay, right? He's not being elitista. So I didn't like how he was being portrayed as an elitista when he himself made it absolutely clear. Don't article niya. Now he's he what he's against is inflation hysteria. You're obsessing over inflation, but forgetting that. As important as inflation is, mas mahalaga na umakyat yung economic growth natin at umakyat din yung job creation para sa ating kababayan. So, so for instance, we have very weird cases. I'll show you a weird case right now whereby it's really defying a lot of conventional economic thinking and it's the case of Turkey. So, Turkey right now, guys, under Recep Tayyip Ardoğan, a populist atay style, has completely defied uh, conventional economics by raising... I'm sorry, by, 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 by reducing the interest rate just when the inflation is going high. Because conventional wisdom will tell you that, well, when inflation is high, you raise the interest rate so that spending comes down, borrowing comes down, investment comes down. Uh, but no, he's doing the opposite. Now, this has created a horrible inflation situation in Turkey. But actually, the Turkish middle class is not as hurt. Because Turkey is booming economically. Because the Turkish manufacturing sector is booming big time. So the Turkish case actually shows you that maybe sometimes we have to be a little bit open-minded. Now, I'm not giving Recep Tayyip Erdogan a complete pass. My mother-style politics, I don't like about it. But my idea is sometimes our problems, we treat economics, conventional economic thinking as exact science, but absolutely it's not an exact science. It's just like any other social science. It just has a little bit more math. Political science where I have been stepped into has also, also its potentials to become an to exact science, but I never took it as seriously as that. I did two years in the medical course before I shifted to social sciences. So I know what is a real, I mean, I know what's natural sciences, right? I did anatomy, physiology, you know, all of those things. So, so my point is, I completely agree with Leloy that we should not just think, obsess over inflation, as inflation is, as important as it is, but we should also look at other key indicators like long-term growth, productivity growth, manufacturing sector, export, exports not. And so if sometimes inflation a little bit goes high or Philippine Peso goes down, but if it helps our manufacturing sector, if it increases productivity in our economy, productivity of workers, then maybe that's not a bad thing. And as Hajung Chan, Danny Roderick, uh, a lot of other, uh, Schiller among others have discussed, in many cases, uh, what is seen as really bad, even by ordinary people and some economists, including like JCPO and Biden, yes, inflation is not good, it hurts people. But you also have to look at the long-term uh, and medium to long-term need for also enhancing your manufacturing sector and your productivity, which will not be reflected today or tomorrow, but could be reflected in a year or so, or over and over again. And as I said, I think what was unfair uh, in terms of critique of Lelo is that Leloy did not say, I, I don't care about inflation, per se, although he has some sloppy phraseologists, including sa Facebook posts post yeah. But Lennon was saying, let's not be hysterical about inflation. And one thing that he also emphasized, and this goes back to the Keynes hike, by etcetera, etc., is that actually, inflation is even scary to the rich people. Not for reasons that you think. It's because inflation brings down the value of the big savings that very rich people have. So let's say, isa kang billionario, you have 10 billion pesos in the bank a 10% inflation, right, will hurt you big time. Big time, you're talking about tens of millions of pesos of them getting hurt if the inflation goes side. So actually, historically, the riches of the rich are even more um, sensitive about inflation, and therefore they're willing to pressure and lobby for higher interest rates, even though that means the growth can collapse, even though that means that wages could collapse, and The long term growth prospects for a country could actually suffer, right? So, union uh, situation, all right. At union, yung didn't discuss nila. So, so you're not problem like, um, I think what happened here is JC is correctly focusing on the issue of inflation, Lelo is correctly saying that we have to go beyond inflation, and then I think there has been some sort of uh, misunderstanding here, or I don't know, they simply talk past each other at the same time, as I said. I have some empirical issue with the applicability of what Lelo is saying in the Philippines. At the same time, of course, I think JC and some of the other economists should also be much more focused on other key indicators and not just discuss at inflation. In fairness to JC, we had back and forth on Twitter on that and he clarified that indeed this and this and that because the Bank Central of the Philippines, katulad ng ibang key banks in the world, like Federal Reserve, should not only care about inflation, but also should care about growth right, and employment generation. That's precisely the reason why the Fed Reserve brought interest rates so low, almost close to zero in the previous years, and now inaakyat niya because of the spike in inflation. But for a very long time, the Federal Reserve in the U.S. prioritized job creation employment generation, right? And now they're kind of rolling that back because of this huge spike in inflation, right? But it has But. But obsession with inflation could hurt your economy and push you into intercession, and that also has very bad impact for ordinary people. And I think that's what Lele has been trying to say. But you know, I think what Lele should have argued is that the Philippines should become a developmental state, more manufacturing-driven, and use our current crisis to its own advantage. Or. Or, or the current crisis in the Philippines should nudge the Philippines towards much more exports and, and manufacturing and increasing the productivity of the workers, etc. Okay, I know this is a little bit complicated ating mga kaibigan, but what I'm telling you is that both gentlemen are saying some very, very interesting things here. Uh, they may have talked past each other. And well, of course, they are, you know, they have their own pride and all of that. So I'll leave it to them. Uh, to continue this discussion. But what I wanted to do here is that to show to you guys that there are interesting debates happening in the Philippines right now, right? Even from people supposedly from similar political camps, right? Um, Whereby, and it's not the only issue, how much should we blame the Philippine government? Because, yes, it's true that the BSP has an inflation target, say, 2 to 4 percent or 2.5 to 4 percent. But, you see, that target is based on certain assumptions. And those assumptions were obviously, obviously, right undermined because of exogenous shocks like what happened with the ukraine war what happened to the commodity prices to the oil prices so obviously that's why we see a spike in inflation all around the world that's why we see a depreciation of currency all around the world but of course some countries have done better than the others because their banks central banks and their governments were more efficient so the other thing i'm saying also here is this None of us are fans necessarily of any government or not, but when we critique the government or critique the government for inflation or any indicators, we have to be fair and dispassionate. We have to look at many variables that contribute to a certain crisis or situation and not just pin all the blame on the government. And at the same time, at the same time, what I'm saying is that inflation, as important as it is, we also have to look at other key indicators. indicators. And, and, and and we have to look at the experience of other countries that succeeded, like Korea, and to certain degree Turkey now, who actually defied conventional economics. That's the point that I think Leila has been trying to make, and I'll make it in his behalf, because that has been also my argument for a very, very, very long time. So it's not you, it's me, <laughs> and uh. I just wanted to be fair to the two gentlemen, so who made actually very interesting contributions dito sa debate And as I said, I'll talk more about inflation, but for now, let me just say how much I like these kinds of discussions. No, na hindi lang or ano lang, but actually people making efforts to explain things more. Yes. Yes, Michael, I mentioned that, you know, young treasury bonds, no, young uh, treasury, uh, so, so now they have more value because it's much more than interest rates. So that's really the big reason behind the push in the value of dollars. But remember guys, in the last meet, last meta, which was kind of a lecture, I discussed to you how the dominance and hegemony of dollar has been baked in to the international economic architecture because of that HDY Keynes showdown in the Bretton Woods, which of course the American won and the British was not able to win, even though I think John Maynard Keynes had the better argument. That's why U.S. dollar is a de facto U.S. global currency reserve, but its value pushes up even further U.S. <laughs> <laughs> if they increase the interest rates because money go to the U.S. because you can get more profit for your deposits there or purchase of U.S. Treasury bonds. That's really the best explanation for this situation happening right now, but it's not the only explanation. There are many, many other variables, but I focus on the key variables here. It's not you, it's me. All right. Salamat kay Thank you so much stars and support. Also, dun sa kabila. Sorry, nakat yung ano natin kasi duke tayong duke. Biglang nawala. Thank you ring kay Katrina Paladin Frias, kay Zoe Goko. Thank you, ma'am Jocelyn Lumberio, among others. I hope yung ibang guys will able to catch up with what we're saying. So, yung... Okay lang, nakat yung isa. Although nawala yung momentum natin. But medyo ano lang yan, parang bardagulan lang. But this second version that I had to redo, this is really the more serious one, guys. So, please, please, basahin yung article nila Leloy Claudio and JC Punong Bayan and give your comments or suggestions and also please look at look at our mini lectures here and how we're trying to approach this issue so eto ulita so these are the really interesting uh, uh, article this is by Leloy on Rappler again both of them are on Ra- writing on Rappler which is interesting right but I appreciate it both gentlemen are putting a lot of effort into it and that brought us back all the way to the debates between, uh, you know, Keynes and Hayek, but also in the case of the Philippines between Salvador Araneta and and the governor uh, and the central bank governor during his time on the issue of how much depreciation or appreciation the Philippine peso should be uh, subjected to and how much the government should tolerate uh, and and what would be the impact on the government. So I really suggest you guys to read these articles on your own. Madali silang basahin, mahusay magsulat ang dalawang gentlemen na yan all right they do a very good job so please read it and then you know assess them and critique them on your own terms as i said economics is not an exact science the same way that politics is not exact science so yes we have fields like political science economics etc they try to be scientific, yes, that's good, that's great. They bring mathematics, that's good, that's great. But we're dealing with human beings here and human beings are complex beings. They have reflexivity. And that explains why economists could not predict a lot of major things around the world, including the great recession of 2007 and eight, with few exceptions, all right? I'm not gonna name those who predicted it because they're the exceptions, right? To the rule, among many other crises that we are facing today, right? But that doesn't mean economies are useless or political scientists are useless or science is useless. You have to listen to them, but always listen from an informed standpoint, not from a completely differential standpoint. and that's what I really appreciate with what Lelo has been doing here in terms of his public interventions, as much as sometimes I'm feeling is stretched in the case of the Philippines, but his overall points, I think, still hold. And thank you also to JC Bayan for really bringing in good data and analysis right off the bat so that we see what's the situation actually in the Philippines. So despite some of the disagreements we may have on the nuances of policies here or on the big picture, I commend both gentlemen for doing a fantastic job and I look forward to more of these and hopefully we, ha- we can have more metas like these guys so thank you so much for the support sa first really proper lecture-ish natin kaapon sa issue ng dollar, peso, it's you, it's me I mean it's it's kind of geeky-ish but I'm really happy with the kind of reception we got and hopefully we get more of these kinds of reception for the metas we do so marami salamat thank you very much lahat ng na mga na-comments, suggestions, stickers, stars and engagement, you know, including to the trolls. Thank you so much for your engagement. You push it up. Good for us. Welcome it any day. And marami Salamat, thank you very much. Have a have a good day. God bless both.